This is Anime Out of Context, a comedy review podcast hosted by a weeb of the highest order alongside a cynical man who knows nothing about anime. Our show features spoilers, explicit language, and poor fact-checking. Neither of our hosts are experts on any topic and none of their opinions should be taken as fact. Thank you for listening, and enjoy. And welcome to Anime Out of Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And I smack a slice of white bread on each side of my face and make a depression sandwich. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. You piece of shit. You can't, you can't drop that on me. I'm Sean Rollins. I'm Remington Chase. Son of a bitch. Ugh. Oh, I can't do this today. Today's supposed to be serious. We can't handle this. Oh, if today's supposed to be serious, I have very bad news. <laughs> uh, well, no, okay, we can be serious on this comedy podcast. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No jokes. Get out of the room. And and nothing has changed. Yep, no, we're, we're about the same. <laughs> uh, and Remington, today I have to do something that I didn't quite want to do yet. Ah, fuck. Uh, no, no, it's not a ah, fuck. It's a oh, fuck kind of fuck. Uh, I don't know if that's better. <laughs> well, it's more a fuck for me and less a fuck for you. Oh, are we doing Umari-chan part three? No, fuck you. We're doing Forest Fairy 5 part two? Never gonna happen. Doing Code Lyoko part one? I swear to God. <laughs> the next time you mention Code Lyoko on this fucking podcast, the next following episode is going to be hell for you. Oh, the temptation is so real. <laughs> we have a schedule to maintain, so at least hold off for two episodes, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Fine. But not in this episode, but next episode, I'm mentioning the L word. <laughs> lesbians. <laughs> Code lesbians. <laughs> I saw that movie once. <sighs> Cinematography was interesting, but, uh, you know... Oh, it's gonna be one of one of these episodes where it, it's gonna be one. It's of gonna those. be one of the episodes where I'm just in one of my moods. I'm having a good time, but it's not funny. So, <laughs> which is like half the episodes. Well, I'm having a good time now. It's going to quickly, quickly dwindle in spirit. Well, Remington, the thing I've been dreading, uh, the bit of the oh fuck thing, is uh, I haven't really made an announcement of what I consider to be. Uh, the best anime of 2019. Oh, but of course we're we're nearing the end of of January at this point. Yep. Halfway through, maybe it's I, something like who it, knows when this is going up. Time is relative. Uh, <laughs> but we're we're reaching that point, and and yet uh, last year's yet to be resolved. Who knows Sean's thoughts on it? Yeah, and not only did I have to consider that, but I also had to consider the best anime of the decade, which was something that I am not qualified nor. Uh, Tempted to do because that would scare the hell out of me because Ooh. that's a lot of fucking anime to cover. There's some really obvious contenders, and I'll I'll I promise I'll do some thinking about it then. But for right now, I do have a top three of uh, my uh, 2019. There's just kind of a problem. What's the problem, Sean? We've kind of already covered most of them. Oh, okay. Uh, well, wait, well, are they in any specific order? Not particularly. All right. What well, what are the top three? Starting with the ones I know. Uh, well, one of them was Demon Slayer, actually. Totally fair. That's valid. It was pretty solid. Yeah, and after that 19th episode, I was fucking blown away. I'm excited for the movie, and I hope it gets a second season, which it should, because, my God, Ufotable has done some amazing things with it. Uh, the other issue is, is a lot of my favorites of that year were continuing series, you know, Hiroaka, the second uh, of season course. of Mob Psycho. Uh, and that feel, it feels sort of... 
iffy to choose something that's just continuing because exactly it- exactly i i uh put that limitation on myself because there's so many new things that come out every year that you have to separate yourself there are from enough the- options exactly too many options one would argue <laughs> yeah like and that's i i'm the new season just kind of barely started, and I've watched maybe two shows on it, and they seem pretty decent. All right, so we but... we have Demon Slayer in one of the top three slots. Yes. What about the next two? Uh, for sheer enjoyment, uh, ah oh, man, see that's this is where it bites me in the ass because my my I, okay, I would say Demon Slayer is either my number one or my number two. Okay. Uh, my number three slot is a little wishy washy. Uh, because one of the ones I wanted to put in there was uh, Love is War, but that's just because I get a severe enjoyment out of it uh, because it's funny as fuck to me. Meh. Yeah, that's what I thought you were right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, And I wanted to like it. Like, because yeah, my top three just this year aren't as concrete as they were last year, 2018. Not to say that 2019 wasn't a good year for anime. It was really good. It's just that most of the things I really enjoyed were things from, you know that I've already started watching. Uh, I really enjoyed Chiaya Furu 3, uh, the latest season of that. Uh, but again, that's a continuing series, so that doesn't really count. And it, it's just hard. Sounds like there aren't that many new contenders, Sean. No. I'm hearing a lot of wishy-washy bullshit. If I'm not I had hearing to, a lot of answers. If I had to put something concretely in a number three spot, I would probably give it to an anime we haven't covered yet. Ah, is it uh, one we're covering today? No. Oh, okay. Well, then who gives it? Do you give a brief description for for them? I'll uh, and I get to remain oblivious. Uh, rock science. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you stew on that one for a while. <laughs> but of course, the the greatest of geology anime. <laughs> well, kind of yes, actually. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, and so. Number two, is it going to be Demon Slayer? Is that going to be your number one? Uh, it, again, flip of a coin. I All right, then what is tied with Demon Slayer? What is tied with Demon Slayer is a show that we're covering today called The Promised Neverland. Okay, so I know nothing about Promised Neverland. However, th- there occasionally comes a time I usually avoid recommendations, right? Because I'm supposed to remain a nice ignorant boy, which is easy to do considering who I am. Yep. Uh, but... There's occasional recommendations that I just cannot ignore because there's a lot of them or there's a lot of discussing about them. Your Lion April was one of these. Uh, Evangelion is one of these. Uh, and one of the, not quite as much as those two, but still prominent is Promised Neverland. So I know nothing at all about it, but I know that a lot of people are talking about it. You could say that. <laughs> oh. Because Remington right now on Mao. Uh, Yakusoku no Neverland, or The Promised Neverland, uh, is currently rated at number 48 of all anime. Wow! With an 8.69. Good nice. God! That's, Very nice. Yeah, first of all, nice. Nice. Uh, as, as nice as the delivery service. And so, uh, but second of all, uh, that, that's a very, very high... But weebs have also rated other bad things highly, so hopefully this is not that. What's Promised Neverland, Sean, and... Uh, what are the worries about me hating it? Well, before we get in, I just want to give a brief thank you to the people who recommended oh, it. Oh, of course, of course. I say brief. Uh, <laughs> not counting the, like, two dozen people on our Discord who recommended it and upvoted those recommendations. Of course. Uh, we also have John, Alexander, Melissa, Chloe, David, uh, uh, fuck if I can pronounce that, Jarek, Missist, uh, Irene, Tibber, uh, Sereda, Jenny, Ben, 
Gillian, <laughs> Ore, Barry, Hayden, Hugh, Sarayda again. It, she really wanted this one. <laughs> uh, Tiber, Jamie, uh, Matthias, Ellen, Benoit, and uh, Chris. Yeah. Well, if it's good enough for Sarada to recommend twice or be rec- or recommend it once and Sean fucking up, then it's good enough for me, maybe. We'll see. No, no. She sent two emails at two very different times. She oh, really okay. wanted us to cover it, and I don't blame her. <laughs> uh, it actually took me a while to watch this myself because, God, there's a fucking lot of anime. Yeah, there, there, there is a lot. Uh, so what, what, what type of thing are we jumping into with Promised Neverland? I hear the title, and all I got is, like, Peter Pan. That's my only reference point here. I don't know if we're going to be fantasy, if it's going to be, like, metaphorical, if it's going to be real, meaningful, and sad, if it's going to be action-packed. I got no fucking clue. Well... It's going to have some interesting comparisons to be made. And there's that interesting word again. The first interesting comparison I would like to make is our three main characters. Okay. I got some Harry Potter vibes from our Oh, first hell first. yeah! <laughs> uh, and, that's... and Harry Potter is, of course, our favorite anime. Yeah, shout it's... out to Saint. No, shout out... Ignore that. Shout out to Brady, our boy wizard, uh, yeah. on the Patreon. I mean, we could give a shout out to Saint, too, considering he's, <laughs> he's... you know, he's transcended his <laughs> yeah. wizard dumb. Yeah, he, he's graduated Hogwarts, gone straight to the White House. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as all wizards aspire. All right, so you got Harry, Ron, Hermione. Uh, basically, except they're actually all very intelligent and competent uh, to be different. You got uh, Hermione, Hermione, and Hermione. Yes. <laughs> uh, you've got athletic Hermione. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you've got uh, strategist Hermione. And then you, probably like creative or artistic Hermione? Uh, wa- vastly intelligent Hermione. Oh, okay. So uh, they're all incredibly intelligent, actually. They're the top of their class, all three of them. Uh, but they are, uh, without a doubt, the three primary characters. Okay. But wh- what, what are they doing? So th- they're going to school. So we have a school. Not exactly. Uh, <laughs> How do they got a class then? Uh, because they are, in a way, homeschooled, but... Uh, <laughs> Well, I'll be honest, if you're the top of your class, but you're homeschooled, that's not a high bar to reach. I mean- Fuck you, little bro. I aced the math test and beat you in track and field, just running around the goddamn yard. I mean, to be fair, there's like 28 other kids in this home because it's set in an orphanage. (laughs) Fuck! So, good work, Rem. Way to make all the orphans out there feel way worse about themselves. Uh, I, I would like to emphasize that Team Remington is is the home of of all proper orphan fans of anime out of context. Uh, I believe it, Team Sean's slogan is "fuck them kids without their parents," and I thought that was extreme. So I just want to to ease that little bit of propaganda in. Continue, Sean. <laughs> Coming from the guy who loves child murder. Oh, child murder is so great. Not parent murder, which is very different. (laughs) Don't lie. You love it when parents get murdered, too. Just Uh, not as much as the children. Yeah, it depends. It's more overused. Uh, so, so you just like to see the parent murder. (laughs) So, uh, so we got an, an orphanage, orphan academy. And well, allow me to give you a synopsis. Right? Yeah, that'll probably be useful before I dig myself into a further hole. Ah, <laughs> uh, but it's so fun watching to see how far you'll go. <laughs> Once you hit bedrock, you think, ah, I can't go any deeper, but then you break out the dynamite. I find a way, motherfucker. <laughs> but no, no. Uh, 
Surrounded by a forest and a gated entrance, the Grace Fieldhouse is inhabited by orphans happily living together as one big family looked after by their mama, Isabella. Oh, okay. So they have opened with, first of all, they've, they've been like, all right, they're orphans, but they're happy. Yeah. Which, uh, which is rare for it's, orphans. It's so, no, not like in real, there are plenty of happy orphans. We Like in shows, it's very rare. In shows, if you're an orphan, you are a sad orphan. Uh, that is your default setting. Yeah, Any thanks, moment of, of happy is is the exception, as you can see with Annie. and Or literally any Charles Dickens book. How many? So many. Like, all of his books feature orphans, now that I think about it. Well, the ones I've read, at least. The big three. So, are, are we going to, uh, are we going to have a crippled kid save Christmas? Are we all going to be singing along to be adopted by a rich fuck? How are these orphans? Are, are we going to become... Uh, a, mem- a flying mammalian-based superhero fighting crime. What sort of orphans are we dealing with here, Sean? Well, we are dealing with fairly intelligent orphans. Uh, and uh, honestly, things seem to be going pretty well. Uh, the, ma- the main three characters are all age 11, hence the Harry Potter comp- comparison. Okay. Uh, at, but very intelligent, so yep, also yep. Harry Potter comparison. Yep. And uh, things seem to be going pretty well for them. They really enjoy being with their family. They spend a lot of their time playing games. Uh, there is just one stipulation. They're not really allowed to go outside of the fenced-off area, uh, which is sounds a bit constricting. Oh, here it is, because each of them have some magical power or curse or something like that going on. And so they can't go to the outside world because the outside world wouldn't accept them. It's X-Men. They're X-Men right now. Yes, this is, we're watching X-Men today. (laughs) Xavier School for Gifted Weebs. That's what we're opening. (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) No, no, no. It's not like that. Fuck. Uh, and you'd think that'd be a bit problematic, but they're pretty content because the property they're on is several acres large. Okay. I feel like this is a bad orphanage if it's just not giving a shit about them getting adopted. Like, you're here forever. Oh, no, 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 they get adopted. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they get adopted, uh, on average, uh, one or two every other month. Okay. Yeah, like, it's a regular thing and they get new, it's, it's a well-run orphanage. Okay, good, good It serves its purpose perfectly. All right, continue with the synopsis then. And, uh, let's see, and everything's going great, but unfortunately, you know, it's a story, so of course something has to go wrong. Of course! Uh, uh, and they get a peek at what's going on, uh, beyond the gate. Uh, and they understand now why they are being kept there, uh, for their own good. Because there's, like, a violence voyager type abomination on the outskirts? That would be amazing. (laughs) It would be really good! Oh, Uh, man, I wish more of our fans understood that reference because very few of them went and saw Violence Voyager, but good God, it was it was it was a treat. It was surprisingly good, but also real fucking weird. Real fucked up too. Like beyond fucked up. But the, hey, it was a, it's a B horror movie. So what can you not uh, say about it? Here here we are, shilling some more for the one thing we were asked to watch. <laughs> And did not get paid for. <laughs> we're, the, we're the best chills. We're apparently free, and we just keep on talking about it. Uh, I'd sell you for a Klondike bar. <laughs> All right, so uh, what what do they see, Sean? Uh, what they see is something that motivates them to want to try and uh, find a safe way out. Okay. Because there's something ar- about the outskirts of this place that uh, scares them. And Remington, we've talked about horror in the past. Oh, is it? Uh, I, I'm Sean. You're making me way too optimistic because I, you say that, and I want to believe that this is a hor- a proper horror anime. Uh, it's but, not a horror. anime. Yeah, that that was was my worry because oh man, I wish it is it was. scary though. 
Okay, I'll take it. I'll take whatever you I can get. You could probably describe it as a horror anime. Uh, but all in all, it's a mystery anime. Hey, I'll take that too. And the mystery is them trying to find a way to leave uh, their little uh, orphanage and uh, to give them their family the best lives as possible and to hopefully find the people that have uh, uh, been adopted, see if, they, if they've if they managed to make it uh, better outside. And honestly, Rem, I can't tell you much more because the first episode is probably one of the best first episodes in an anime I've seen in a long time. Oh, okay. So so like a good trailer, uh, 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 it's not all going to be spoiled for me No, 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 no. Right in fact, now. I've probably told you too much. Okay, okay. Well, I, I am wildly interested uh, I adore mystery elements. Hopefully, the mystery elements aren't like Sherlock Holmes mystery elements. I will never turn down an opportunity to take down Sherlock. He's a trash protagonist. Great idea. Shit. Execution. Yeah, uh, take but... that, Benadryl Cucumber Patch. <laughs> uh, it, but hopefully it's better done. I've always adored well-done mystery element type things. So fingers crossed it's less Arthur Conan Doyle, maybe a little bit more Agatha Christie uh, it, it, on the scale of things. Well, Remington, I'm sure you'll find it very interesting. Uh, the three, three main characters, by the way, are Ray, Emma, and Norman. Ray, Emma, and Norman. These are some real normal names that I can get behind. So is it based in okay, the West? For, or you, 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 I say normal. Yeah. <laughs> I say normal. What I mean is English. <laughs> Jesus I, fuck. I, I mean Western normative. Uh, I, yeah, I, so I, how, how's that seat you're sitting on there, Mr. Andrew Jackson? <laughs> I, I, I will acknowledge I am an American fuckface. I... I welcome all cultures. However, God bless America. Just maybe, maybe not like this, this moment. Maybe look away for a brief moment at America. America's amazing. Just take our word for it for the time being and don't look at us for a second. Yeah. We need to sort some shit out, but when we do, we'll go back to being amazing. Yeah, no. Uh, if I had to guess, I'd say this is set in, in English countryside, not in American. Oh, one. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And uh, that's close enough. We we beat them, so that means we are them. Oh, wow. uh, is wow. that how how that works? Hey, you say wow. That's that was the English mentality for its almost entire existence. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're just beating them with their own own thoughts and tricks. All right. Lelouch wants to know your location. Uh, that's fine. Uh, at Point any- is, God bless America. Yeah, Ray, Emma, and Norman. <laughs> <laughs> They're great kids, I'm sure. Great, happy little orphans. And I will say this: there's one supporting character that you are going to adore. Ooh, uh, that does that mean that is is there a dog? Is there a fucking dog? There's no dog. Fuck! It, it's a it's a kid. His <laughs> God name damn, is, that's way less good than a his dog. name is Phil. Okay, Phil, and he is precious. Like, my God, I actually think he's a cute kid, which is rare for me because it, it, kids it are usually monsters. Uh, Okay, I, I will specifically look out for, for Phil of the future, and it'll be great. If you want some perspective, uh, uh, on Mal, people can vote for which characters they like the best. Uh, and uh, the order of characters for them is Ray, Emma, Norman, then Phil. Hell yeah. And Phil is a very minor character. <laughs> I'm all in. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, then it's some, yeah, okay. Sean, if we, if we had rankings on our show, uh, first of all, Dylan would be first. I mean, that's a given. Um, I, our daughter, Samantha, I would like to think a second. Yep. yep. Uh, the, uh, our metaphorical daughter. Yeah. The only question is which one of us is in last? <laughs> See, I think it depends on the episode, man. There are some episodes where you're very much in last, and there's some where I am definitely in last. Because... I, I think I think my fans, the the ones who love me, love me stronger, and the ones who hate me, hate me stronger. 
Like, you have a broad demographic. I just have a very even playing field. Yeah, yeah. I, I have peaks and valleys. You're you're much more tame with, with, with your fan base. And plus, people uh, love bashing other... Weebs love to bash other weebs. That's, yeah. that's so so I guess I guess it's... If it's based on who is loved the most, I'd probably go me, but you're I would up. also be more hated. Yeah. It, it, we, I think we're tied, man. Yeah. If... On balance, it probably just equals the same. Yeah. Uh, and both of us would be beat out by Phil, so. It's true, because Phil is fucking adorable. <laughs> like, I, you just want to pick him up and hug him. It's like very, ah, he's cute. But that's besides the point. Uh, without further ado, Remington, we need to go watch The Promised Neverland, because fuck. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after consuming the first five episodes of probably the best anime of 2019, The Promised Neverland. And Remington, before we get in this, you just have to understand something. Uh, this is the first episode where I've actually kind of lied to you. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you've you've definitely kind of lied to me before. No, no, no. Those were just misleading. Oh, okay. You know, I told the truth, but I didn't tell you the whole truth. It's different. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever actually had to properly lie, and the reason is because, Remington, this show is all about lies. It's true. Uh, and, and before we get too far... Uh, I, I think we will both double down before I even get to my opinions on the thing. Uh, if you are in any way even mildly interested, if you think this idea is is even somewhat fascinating, then just go watch the first episode at least, and then you'll know if it's for you. Uh, but I would highly recommend watching at least a little bit. Preferably you watch as much as we did, but... At least a little bit before jumping back here. And honestly, Rem, people are going to be angry that we didn't just finish this all in one go. But I used the our, the latest bullshit rule for Hero Aka, and this was requested so frequently. And no, I, I'm I'm one of those people who is angry about that, John. I am one of <laughs> to now declare my opinion. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever been genuinely frustrated that you haven't done the bullshit rule. And I did that on purpose because Remington, I knew from the outset that this is going to be one of your favorites uh, because it has everything that you love. Uh, and the things I lied about, to be more specific, is well, some of the general plot points. I had to lie about that just to kind of get you interested and get you kind of in the idea so that I could really surprise you because this show is nothing but surprise after surprise after surprise after surprise the second thing i lied about was i don't know what my top three anime this year are <laughs> oh no what how will i ever figure it out promise level neverland is at the top of that list yes. easily yes one 100 yes like fuck me it's at the top of the list and then i remembered after we recorded part one that one of my other favorites uh involves books and i love that one to death as well but that's another that's another anime for another day so my top three is easily Promise Neverland, uh, probably Demon Slayer, and then uh, the book anime I talked about. Okay. Uh, but, Rem, you understand why I had the lie, right? It wouldn't have been right with this show in particular if I did not tell some kind of lies in the beginning. No, that is uh, totally fair. Uh, I will say, 
uh, once again, because there's still a few people holding out listening, unsure if they're going to, to watch it or not. So, so just to establish, this is one of the single best things you've shown me, one of the single most fascinating things you've shown me. Wildly well done, wildly captivating for many, many different reasons. There's something there for a whole lot of people and it, it nails the vast majority of what it does. So once again, I want to double down. Go watch it before continuing. We're not going anywhere. If you're on your commute, you're going for a run, just switch to a different podcast. Listen to our older episodes. Do something in the meantime so that you can go home and watch it. It's It'll change your life. Because Remington, <laughs> not only is this my anime of the year, it's in my top 10 of anime of the decade. Yeah, I mean, it's it's easily one of the single best things you've ever shown me. Uh, I, I think that it's it's a contender for the top spot, but I would need to think about it and analyze it. I would need to... You'd need to finish both shows first, I think. Oh, of course. And I would need to, to weigh all of the, the ones that I've seen, but it, it is immediately up there. All right. I think we've stalled long enough. For all of you stubborn people who are like, huh, why would I watch this? These guys don't know anything. You're right. But trust us this one time. This is our one. We Give us our one. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to have some spoilers. Uh, we're we're going to try to not have every single major spoiler in the first five episodes. But we're going to have spoilers for the first five episodes. So be prepared for that. In three, two, one. Oh, my God, Remington, all of the murder. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so episode one, uh, I want to say I w- – so this show, Child Murder, which – as you all know, I am a big fan of an anime. Uh, huge fan of child murder in anime. However, I was really enjoying the show before the child murder. Like, let, let, let's just start things off. Uh, episode one, right? Okay. Uh, first of all, my, my immediate note was don't trust mommy. And then in parentheses, I put... Uh, Madoka. I didn't want this to be another Madoka situation <laughs> where I didn't trust mommy. And, and then... then... <laughs> yeah, and then I would, just, I would just be, like, horribly wrong, and then the bad things happen. Uh, which, by the way, also watch Madoka Magica. Uh, <laughs> easy plug here. <laughs> uh, but uh, immediately I was, I was feeling a little bit, bit unsure, right? Uh, then it gets to the OP. Really good OP! Seriously, it gives you those strong Death Note vibes with a lot of very yeah. interesting James Bond-esque flow from a surreal image to surreal image. The, you- the visuals all captivating, different enough from each other to to keep it interesting. The music is, is really solid because it's like... Some punk rock, punk rock with some jazz and some some electric styling to it, and just all of this mashed together, it's it's so good. It's amazing. Uh, this at, show. At does, first, I, I uh, was at first I just thought I liked the OP, but then I I definitely just loved the OP. I'll tell you right now, you'll love it even more if uh, you eventually finish this show and you try to look for the symbolism hidden within, because there is, as you might expect. Some subtle symbolism. Oh, of course. And I wouldn't expect anything less from this show. And so we, we get introduced to the characters. And at one point, we're shown all of them like taking a, a test and things. And it was at this point, which I had my first hypothesis. 
uh, that this is one of two things. Either this is uh, distorted science where they're all uh, little lab rats, or this is not very distorted capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, you're getting some strong dystopian vibes. Yeah, and I was like, it's going one of those routes. And uh, and, and spoiler alert, it, it's capitalism. Uh, <laughs> God not, bless America. Just not what you think. Yeah. And what I really liked about this show, there was such strong and immediate character building in even a lot of the side characters. Like, obviously, the main characters quickly established. But, for example, you have, uh, this was super prevalent with uh, Don. Don, he's he's one of, like, the main side characters out there mm -hmm. uh, for this show. He's uh, one of the oldest ones there. Yeah, and it, it quickly establishes him. He's... Uh, he's a little bit jealous, a little bit high-headed, but he does sincerely care a lot. He's a bit of an emotional lug, right? And all of that was established within moments of him being on the screen. It's so it's so well captivated all of these different characters, the moments they were on the screen, and that's that was so lovely to see. Uh, another thing that I really like, so they they play uh, they play a game of tag in the first episode, right? Oh yeah, and and it's it's an intense. Little game of tag, very lighthearted, but still intense. Uh, and and what I liked, not only do they they build up the the whimsical tension, um, but one moment that I liked is when Norman is chasing after Emma, and uh, and, and so they they they're, they're uh, trying to to run to and from each other. But many other anime, they would do the exact default where both just get super determined looks on their face and they're like, oh, I have to do this. Uh, but no, this one, it recognizes their kids. They're both smiling and having a good time while at the same time trying their best. Uh, and this will show a general trend that there's a lot of really easy tropes that you take for granted, like just being determined I'm going to win this silly game, uh, that even just subverting it and being like, yeah, I'm a kid, I'm just enjoying tag, but I'm still going to try and win a lot. Yeah, you have to remember that these kids, uh, the oldest three are 11, about to turn 12, and they're, they may be super geniuses uh, in, their in their area, but they're still kids. Yeah, and and I, I don't think the show ever truly deviates from it. I think some people might critique, oh, well, sometimes the kids may seem a little too smart uh, for their age. And I, I guess that might be a fair criticism, but it's one that I'm willing to uh, to overcome because it makes it a better story generally. It's the, it's the Harry Potter effect, like I told you. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm, I'm willing to, sure, maybe they're uh, sometimes a little bit smarter than most kids their age would tend to speak. I, but that's fine for me. Uh, but they keep capturing that that whimsical childhood element while never deviating from uh, the other elements that we'll get to in a moment. Uh, I, that being said, it was also around this time that they they sort of introduced Ray's character a bit more. And while I like Ray, I probably think that so far he has been the worst main character. Uh, when we're uh, of like all of the prominent characters, even uh, because he's he's a little bit he he's a little bit too basic edge lord, especially early on in the early episodes. Oh, oh, it it lays it on a little bit thick, and it's not the worst. Like, uh, it is still better than the vast majority of anime with edge lords in them. Uh, but it it definitely leaned a little too too close to the trope where everything else 
uh, it, it does feel human, does feel quite refreshing in those ways. Uh, and once again, doubling down, Ray is still a good character, especially uh, to the point that I've seen just five episodes in. Uh, it's just his introduction especially is a bit iffy. Okay. All right. All right. All right. This is the part where I tell you that most people find Ray to be one of their favorites. Well, yeah. And I think Ray's, Ray is a good character. It's just especially the introduction of Ray is not great. You can't just say nice things, can you, Rem? I, I've doubled down that I like Ray. I like Ray. Ray is just like the most flawed character so far. Uh, it's just, it would, they, they say in a perfect show, but it might be like my perfect show, even with that all said. Uh, and, and something else I also noticed around this time, the music and the sound design. Yes, I was Good hoping you'd notice God. that. Some of the best music and sound design that we have ever seen. And it's not because like everything is wildly intense and amazing. Uh, in fact, I, I think that often the best stuff was sort of just in the background and you, you may not notice it immediately. Uh, and and often it plays with, especially later, it plays with juxtaposition where it feels real, real dark and gritty. And the music is like from an old black and white slapstick Charlie Chaplin movie. Uh, it, it just feels so upbeat and and uh, and it's so it's such a, but it still feels uncomfortable and eerie because it it uses that juxtaposition so well. Other times it'll just beautifully fit. Uh, it, it's phenomenally done. Uh, some of the best music and sound design we have have ever seen. So so strong. Let me put it to you this way, Remington. Uh, this manga is one of the most popular manga when it started coming out, uh, for good reason, really, because as you can tell, the story is fantastic, the characters are, are amazing, the uh, art design is really good, and the studio that got put in charge of uh, the anime adaptation went all out. The direction of this show, the music, the score, the animation, the intensity of the moments, the just the, the way that each individual shot is framed is so packed with symbolism and meaning and clever lighting effect that I I was blown away the first time I so saw it. So much thought and care and style has been put into every single ounce. And it's at this point, to, to close episode one, uh, that we reach the moment. I'm going to triple down <laughs> for all of you stubborn pieces of garbage who, are, who still have not watched but are just still listening. Stop now. Just do it. Uh, that's all you're going to get. So just fucking do it. Because uh, we've been introduced to uh, Coney, right? Uh, Connie, but yes. Connie, but they pronounce it Coney because that's how they pronounce it in Japanese. Uh, so uh, they, they were introduced, and she has she has a little bunny, right? Yep. Little bunny. Cute little bunny. Cute. It's so, like, squooshed face. It's, yeah, it's fucking pink. adorable. It's great. Uh, I love it. And so uh, she she's getting adopted, right? Uh, but she forgot little bunny. And so, uh, Emma immediately, uh, who, may I also mention, the first time I saw Emma, I was like, this is just adorable mini Sean. <laughs> and then obviously Ray is just Dylan. So Does that make you Norman? I, I guess. Uh, I guess it leaves me as Norman. I fit less, like, visually speaking, as Norman. Hell, I fit more as mommy. Uh, I, f I fit more as mm. the mom than than goddamn Norman. But mm. I'll take Norman. I'll take Norman because uh, because my two compatriots are uh, Emma and Ray, at least visually. Uh, and so 
uh, Emma is like, we should return it. Norman uh, goes with her. And they go. And it was at this point where something started bubbling within me, Sean. And I was like, you know what would be great? <laughs> <laughs> my, my radar started going off. I would be like, it'd be so fantastic. Little Coney goes up uh, uh, past the gate and gets yeeted by the darkness. Uh, just, just fucked up. Just truck cooned out of existence. Yes, I, I was like, oh, oh, a man can dream. And, and, and we started getting closer to it. And, and they go, go past the gate and there's a truck. And I'm like, oh, God, is the moment coming? And then they, Emma checks in the back of the truck. She's aghast. She freaks out. It doesn't show the audience initially what it is. And then they go and they show it. And she's fucking dead as shit. <laughs> and not just dead, stabbed through with a rose to the heart, oh. covered in blood. Her cold, blank eyes are scaring, and she's lying on a pile of refuse. It's, it's she, yeah, she's she got like majorly fucked up. Like it held no punches. And now I, I want to clarify to to some of our audience why I enjoy child murder because it's, it's because not, he's a sadistic. Fan. <laughs> And he loves watching people suffer. It's not for those reasons. The reason I like child murder, especially in this context, is because so often, not necessarily, but it, it's a very strong trend, it shows that you are willing to go to any extent for your story. Uh, now, if you just do so gratuitously, it loses its meaning, but when you make it have an impact, when you build a character, even in a single episode and say, hey, they're, they're pretty interesting, you should care about them, and you're like, yeah, I do, and then they're like, yeah, fuck them, though, uh, when they rip that away from you, that just shows that they, they don't care about plot armor, they don't care about the easy way forward, they're going to make bold and creative and interesting decisions. So many shows, especially anime, just do the the most basic, easiest answer forward, and that's real annoying. But with child murder, it is often an indicator that you aren't going to take the easy way forward. And indeed, I don't think Promise Neverland hardly ever does this. In any way, they they take make bold decisions, and it's not just unpredictable for the sake of unpredictable, because that in of itself can get very frustrating. But it is See, the story final that, season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, but it is the story that should be told that's interesting to tell, and it doesn't care how well it fits into conventions or your expectations, it's going to tell it. Uh and that's that was so, so good. And then we see these horrendous creatures. Uh, we, we've had just like whimsy this whole time. And we see this horrendous creatures, great monster design. And uh, they're walking around. Emma and Norman are able to escape. Uh, although the, the mother finds finds the bunny and uh, the facial expressions. Oh, the, the, they'll occasionally go into these fucked up facial expressions and they'll continue doing so. And they're all really good. They're like the closest it's gotten to a jump scare is some of those facial expressions. I'm going to tell you this right now, Remington. This is easily the scariest anime I've ever shown you. It's it's so good. And and what's great, you, Emma and Norman, they're fucked up afterwards. They are they are super fucked up afterwards. It's not just like something happens. We we can tell that it's had an impact, especially Emma's having a hard time composing herself. Norman, you can tell, is shaken, but he he's a little better at composing himself, right? Uh, and, and trying to help Emma. 
And and that is episode one. Uh, one of the single best episode ones out there of all time. It, it immediately captures you. And once again, even without the hook, even without the child murder, which is the moment of episode one, it's still a good episode. It's still a really solid episode. And then they have a transcendent moment to top it all off. That's insane. It is the prime example of what good tension in story building is. Remington, we've seen a lot of anime that have horror themes and can be a little bit on the creepy side with a lot of violence, a lot of gore, a lot of uh, horrible themes. But this is the only anime that I've ever actually felt terrified. And like in recent time, at least, that has actually made me feel genuine fear and worry for these characters. And you want to know what scares me more than anything else in this goddamn show? What? Mom. Oh, yeah. And they build it up so well. Because this, I haven't had this feeling of, uh, and we'll get into this more in, in just a moment, of sort of like an intellectual arms race uh, since Death Note. Death Note did it amazingly well. In the first half? Uh, well, yeah. we In in the bit that... People consider to be good. We acknowledge. Uh, b- 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 everyone knows that, that after after a certain character's death, it, it, that's it. That's the end. Uh, <laughs> you don't need to watch anymore. Great story. We never know if Kira lives or dies or what happens. Yeah, it's wonderful. It can go any direction. They just left it ambiguous, guys. Uh, but... One thing Death Note did that was so, so, so well done is that intellectual arms race where it has multiple very intelligent characters. And it's not even just a matter of uh, of one side versus the other. Each individual character has their own thoughts, their own knowledge, and their own motivations the whole way through. And so you're not just getting one side versus another. You're also getting the nuances of each of those individual sides and the occasional fractions within either and both sides that are possible, uh, which is so, so good. And, and with that, with that intellectual arms race with everyone being so clever and so aware uh it, it it's very much a, a cat chasing a mouse you feel like okay our main characters they're clever they're smart they're being able to get through it so far but if they slip up if they are caught it's all over there is not much hope forward uh because they, there's there's not much of a way to get out uh now I'm sure that similar moments may happen and they'll they'll find a nice creative way to handle it but th- that feeling makes it so that every conversation with mom they have to pretend that everything is normal in fact episode two had I, I think it was episode two that had a conversation between Emma and mom yep and uh and it was b- beautiful brilliant you can see Emma she, she's the one who struggles most to, to hide her feelings, but she's able to do so. And note, they didn't have to have like an internal monologue of Emma being like, oh no, if I announce anything, if I give any indication, then mom will know. And if mom figures out, then it's all ruined. I need to hide it. I need to pretend that everything is okay. Oh God, what if she notices? No, they don't need to do that shit because once again, it trusts the audience sufficiently. So you just have Emma momentarily struggle and then act like everything is okay and quite convincingly. And so you're like, okay, good. Okay, that seemed good. That seemed proper. That seems the best it could have gone. But it has so much inbuilt tension there, which is so, so beautiful. Uh, Episode three, we're introduced to uh, 
probably like the the final major character we've been introduced to, uh, and that is uh, a new like mom in training, uh, Crone, who Sister Crone, Sister Crone, who second scariest character, <laughs> uh, very strong Tokyo Godfather vibes. Soup, tell me I'm wrong because. No, like, you're right with those uh, over-the-top facial expressions. Oh and, my god! And extra ounces of intimidation and character in the face alone. Now they could easily just have Sister Crone be Mom's lackey and nothing more. Uh, you can give her a different personality. She's definitely a little bit wackier, and I would say even a source of comic relief. While at the same time, never letting go of the uncomfortable eeriness uh, about it. Because when I mentioned like juxtaposition with the score and with the tone of the show, that happens a lot with Sister Crone, where Sister Crone will be having a manic discussion with herself and it's dark and it's sort of fucked up. But the music isn't sad. The music is quite a beat, but that still feels uncomfortable. It fits Sister Crone very well, but it it feels like it shouldn't fit the situation. And that that difference, that contrast, uh, it, it just brings up those levels of Uncanny Valley even further. Uh, S- Sister Crone, uh, th- there's also a, a delightful moment where they're playing tag. They're they're starting to uh, the, the basic premise. They're they're like, all right, let's start training some some people uh, through tag. And get them all physically fit so they can go because they're differing motives even with the main three about whether all of them should go and whether that's possible and if so, how, etc., etc. And and making the choice to have Sister Crone play, one totally fits with what's happening. She learns about them. She gets closer to kids generally as well as it shows us the audience that she's sort of fucking terrifying. When you see Sister Crone running, there's like a sense of dread because she she is going to get you, motherfucker. Like, she is a huge lady, and you'd think to yourself, there's no way she can be that quick. These are kids. They're fast. Oh, oh no. She catches all 38 kids in a matter of minutes. And it shows not only that she's fast, not only that she's, she's large, imposing, but that she like so many other characters, is clever. It doesn't only show this by her being able to get the smaller kids out by trickery. However, what it also does is through the conversations. You see, we're introduced that Sister Crone isn't on the 100% same page as Mom. Neither is she on the sane page, if you catch my meaning. Oh, of course. And and what's interesting about that, she's definitely not a friend to, to the main characters, the ones we're sympathizing with. However, she also has her own motivations. She's primarily in it for herself. And if she needs to uh, be the whistleblower to mo- for mom and, uh, and, and get rid of mom so that she can be the new mom, she's willing to do that. Uh, so once again, you have differing motives, uh, different things that work there, which is so, so good. Uh, let's see. I, one, one thing I also liked at this stage is uh, you have Norman, Emma, and Ray. And especially from Norman, what I loved is that when coming up with plans, either on how to train or what the next step is or how to handle one thing or how to learn about another, the plans are smart, logical, and interesting, which are three things you majorly want. Smart, because these are smart characters. You need to have a smart plan that 
there's so many times where us as an audience will be told, all right, so here's the genius plan. It's this super unlikely thing that really shouldn't fucking work and we're confident it will. And you're like, that's dumb. And now if it works, I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel like you've made a dumb decision. Look, if you can make, I take a potato chip and eat it into a clever, well-written <laughs> scene, then you know you're doing something right. Yeah. And so you need, you need something smart. You also need it to be logical, right? You need to be able to understand, oh, this is why they did that. This is what it's meant to accomplish. And it happens in a way that makes sense. Now I don't, that doesn't mean it needs to be completely based in reality. Many shows have their own internal logic, but you need to be consistent with it. And finally, it needs to be interesting. If you do the same old plan uh, that we've seen a million times, then sure. But if it's something a little bit more original, which the show has in spades, then it's going to be way more captivating. And you get that especially with Norman. Uh, Norman and Emma, both amazing characters. Once again, Ray is a really solid character, but Emma and Norman, so, so fucking good. Because Norman's plans are are so fascinating. Just see how he works. Uh, namely, we're about to get into one final spoiler. The, uh, the, probably the biggest spoiler of what we watched. And so uh, what, one thing that the kids are concerned about is that somebody is a spy, right? Uh, and I, for a while, I was suspecting Phil. <laughs> oh, but Don't. Before we go, what did you think of Phil? Oh, I love Phil. Phil He's is so, so good. good. You know how old he is? Three? Four. Four. Oh, I love Phil. And he's going to get eaten someday, maybe. Uh, I mean, I, the moment I saw him, I was like, he's he's fucked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the moment it showed that kids can get eaten through the darkness, I was like, oh, they're setting up for a tragic I won't Phil. give you any spoilers on that because, God help me, I don't think anybody would ever watch the show again if Phil... Uh, uh, I'd be fucked up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so trying to figure out who the spy is. And obviously, uh, all, all suspicion points to, to Phil. Um, however, a lot of other suspicion points to Gilda, the quieter girl, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and it doesn't overtly say, well, she's the one, but it well, does. Don is who you're thinking of. Well, Gilda's the one it emphasizes on more so. That's true. That's true. Uh, Don, Don, they mention as a possibility, but they really emphasize Gilda. Uh, and, and Gilda is easily the one that it's most suspicious of initially. Uh, so Norman comes up with a plan. And he shares this plan with Ray. What he's going to do, he's he's created some ropes using some tablecloths. He's going to hide uh, ropes in two different locations. One is going to be above uh, the ceiling boards, uh, and one is going to be under his bed. And he's going to tell, uh, he's going to tell Gilda about the ceiling boards, and he's going to tell Don about under the bed, right? And so he conveys this to Ray, and so they'll be able to check and figure it out. Then we, uh, a little while later. We uh, are, are shown uh, a scene where we're like, okay, let's see who uh, the traitor is. We see someone writing uh, they're under Norman's bed, right, mm-hmm. and and giving it to mom. And we're like, okay. And uh, we also see Gilda. She re- gets out of bed in the middle of the night. She wanders through. She knocks on the door. Once again, it's leading us to believe it's probably Gilda. But then it, she ends up speaking to Sister Crone, not mom at all. And so the other one, it, we we see we see then the writing under uh, Norman's bed, and we're like, ah, so it wasn't actually Gilda, like it was leading us to believe. Instead, it was Don. Uh, and I was suspicious of this immediately, uh, but I, I like what what they do amazingly here. There, there's already a sufficient enough of a twist, right? 
you're led to believe it's Gilda, but it's not Gilda. And they, the cinematography there is really solid. And Emma's reaction when she... Because Emma follows and eavesdrops because she's smart. Oh, yeah. And and that whole scene is is really fascinating, well done. Uh, as well as just the general... All the relationships in the show are super fascinating and interesting. Uh, I, I was immediately suspicious, and I was hoping that my suspicions were correct. Uh, and, and indeed, they, they would be shown because uh, Norman... Uh, Norman checks both places with Ray, sees that it's missing under the bed, and he immediately knows who the traitor is, and it is not Dom. Uh, it turns out that he had lied to Ray. He had told Gilda and Don different locations, and Ray was the only one told about either of these two. So there were four ropes. And it's already fascinating, well done. Uh, it shows how clever they are, right? Uh, but... What I really like is the conversation that Ray and Norman have after that for one reason. Ray, when he hears this accusation, he doesn't do the bog standard, what? Why would you, why would you say that? Like the, the, the just the guilty stammer, and yeah. aghast and how, how dare you? How, how could it be me? Right? No, Ray keeps his cool and he asks a few probing questions and... But at no point is he wildly amazed. He knows Norman is smart. He knows he's been caught. He just explains himself and and starts going through it. And he keeps a smirk on most of this time, uh, which is great because these characters, they all know they're smart. And so often what, what shows feel like they need to do is, well, if a character is smart, then they can do anything, right? Uh, usually this is the Sherlock Holmes approach, good God. Uh, but I will always bash Sherlock Holmes. Fuck Sherlock Holmes. Anyway, this is not about <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. Uh, but if you're, it, always, you're always <laughs> the one to bring up Sherlock Holmes, though. God, I feel like fucking sucks. I feel like there's a bit more under the surface there. But God. Uh, but when you have a super smart character, they can't predict every single thing that's going to happen forever. That's just unrealistic. What they should be able to do is cleverly plan and cleverly adapt. To adapt, they need to face some adversity. And indeed, it's when you see these characters facing adversity, both Emma, Norman, and Ray, when you see them face adversity, uh, or even Mom and Crone, it's their reactions to that that really convince you that these characters are intelligent. It's not the initial plans, although those do help. It's how they react to the brilliant ideas of the others and how they still keep things going for themselves. It's that like you know, all right, well, we can be smart, but that doesn't mean it's going to be a-okay. It's a game of chess, but not just any chess. It's 4D chess. And yeah. I don't know how they got smells in there, but they did. <laughs> and the whole show, what I, what I didn't expect, but what I adore is how delightfully political it is. Everyone has different motives. Everyone's trying to get what they want in different ways. Everybody is working with people. Everybody's working with people in different ways uh, for different reasons. Everyone has incomplete knowledge, but everybody, and this is one of the best things, everyone knows that other people have knowledge, that other people are smart. And so not only do you see unique minds you see unique minds aware of other unique minds which builds up the tension even more because not only are you the viewer terrified 
But the characters themselves are constantly in a state of terror, though they may hide it really well. Yes, and so, once again, we get back to that intellectual arms race. Both sides are frequently coming up with new and better plans to combat one another. Both are getting more information, and both are responding in different ways, making the other's life more difficult and making their job easier. And that's that interplay and that involvement is so, so cool. It feels like everything has consequences. It feels like everything progresses the story, the characters, the relationships further than it was before. This show, essentially, you, you, you've you taken the genuine whimsy that you get at times because le- there is genuine wholesome moments. There Especially is genuine, with Phil. Oh, boy. And there's gen- genuine, like, childlike whimsy. This is if you took, like, a place further than the universe, combine it with... Death Note and sprinkle a little Madoka Magica on it, which feels like it should make no sense, but it does, and it's brilliant. Ah, Rem, this may be the one episode where we don't get angry responses. Yeah, except I said Ray wasn't fucking perfect, so it turns out that I'm gonna get blasted for that. It's funny how selective people's hearing is. I swear to God, if if people get genuinely angry at me for my opinions here, unless if you hate this, uh, then then you can get angry at me. Although uh, I will also be angry at you, and we'll just have a flame war between each other, and that'll be neat. <laughs> See you in the Discord. Uh, <laughs> this is one of the single best things uh, you have shown me easily, because it captures true humanity and childlike wonder, while then matching it with the clever planning and motivations and genuine strategy that so far, I think the only anime I've seen with that degree of of planning and strategizing are Death Note and Promise Neverland. Those are the two. And let me tell you right now, it may not seem like it. If you adore Death Note, the good part, then you will adore Promise Neverland because they have such similar flavor in those moments. And that was some of, what made Death Note so good. And indeed, it's part of what makes Promise Neverland so good. Yep, and this show only has 13 episodes currently, but there is the manga is still ongoing, so there is potential for even more after that. And with how well this anime did, if we don't get a second season out of this, or at least a movie, I don't know how much longer the manga will go on because I've been scared to read it because I loved the animation so much. I'm just pissed that I can't watch anymore, you fuck! <laughs> I did that on purpose, Remington, because I knew you would love this show. I'm so blue-balled right now. Uh, as you should be, friend, because, Rem, you've hurt me so many times, and I figured I'd find a new clever way to hurt you by giving you something that you would genuinely enjoy and love as much as I do, if not more so in some cases, and then just kind of dangle it, dangle it in front of you. Just, oh, oh, look, there it is. You, you want to finish this? I, I want everyone, uh, not just on Discord, not even uh, just in emails or at Anime ConPod, uh, but like at Sean E. Rollins on Twitter. Oh, fuck. His, you, I his, his personal Twitter. Just Ugh. just spam him that we need to finish this. Uh, make him regret his decision because you all wanted to see me finish it. I know you did. This has been so recommended. Uh, I have to assume that the vast majority of recommendations assumed that I would fucking love it because good God. This... Oh yeah, no, there's not a single person who was like, yeah, I don't think he'll like this. This anime was like made for me. It's like, hey, you know how you like really human characters and really human stories? Yeah, we're, we got a lot of that. Fuck Most yeah. of them were just like, I think this is really good and if Remington hates it, I'll kill him. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, but you know how you like like some strategic, clever mystery elements? Yeah, 
You know how you like child murder? Fuck yeah, brother. Boom. This is this is pretty damn close to my platonic ideal of an anime so far. I can only hope that it maintains its quality throughout because it has been spectacular. There's been a, a few iffier moments. Uh, I, I think uh, particularly with, with Ray, and I, when I say a few, I mean like maybe two or three. Uh, but other than that, it's just so, so nice to see Norman's strategy, Emma's optimism, uh, Ray's conniving bullshittery. Uh, it, it's just so... Phil's cuteness. Oh, love Phil. Uh, it, it's so pleasant to see. And throughout it all, you're you're left with, with hope and dread. Hope because they're so wildly capable and they're doing so well. Dread because the odds are so stacked against them and the show has already shown itself to be one where, let's face it, I, I genuinely feel if it wanted to off one of the main characters, it would be willing to do so at nearly any time. Now, it may not. But if it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's because plot armor. No, it definitely is a self-earned show. And Remington, I'm so glad that you loved it as much as I thought you would. And I'm even happier that you're, you feel as frustrated as uh, I knew you would. Because I want to come back to this show as soon as possible. I really do. But I had to use the bullshit rule for the Hero Academia episode. Because otherwise, we would have gotten just as many angry emails. Uh, if not more so. And don't worry, Rem, we'll come back to it soon. It just depends on how many people actually want us to come back to it. So. Everyone. Everyone is the answer. Well, you don't know. Maybe people will be satisfied with what you've had to say so far. Maybe they'll just want to keep you blue-balled forever. Yeah, but I fucking won't. All right, is there anything else to cover, Sean? No, Rem. I just have to ask one final question. Would you like to watch The Promised Neverland again with me sometime? I very, very much would. So please spam Sean E. Rollins on Twitter and 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 make him suffer. Uh, you don't even need to follow him or like his shit. Just, just yell at him. Just get angry. At the very least, try and keep it uh, clean because I, I have low self-esteem as is. <laughs> and with that, before we get out of here, we have a little house cleaning that we need to do. Uh, if you guys don't know, we have a Patreon. That Patreon is uh, uh, patreon.com slash animeoutofcontext. If you have a couple bucks you want to send our ways for some really neat bonus content that we are constantly updating, then feel free to help us out. And if you donate just a little bit more, you get to be one of these lovely people right here. Of course, we love all of our bland bitch protagonists and our magical girls, but specific shoutouts go first to our Yandere waifus. We have Ann Miles to go, Anonymous Gamer, Glenn Michael Dolan, Hayden Lecker, Cassidy Justin, Kazu Morocco, Leos123, Rich Huffnagel, Salty Pretzel, Sarah Birch, Ultimate5401, and Yuliana. But that is not all. A tier above, we're heading to Hogwarts. We have our boy wizard himself, Brady Weinbarger, who, tremendous, amazing, phenomenal, but there is only one above the boy wizard, and that is Shefano Musco. We got Elijah Wood himself in this son of a bitch, and that is our patron saint, Saint. <laughs> that joke is never going to get fucking old. Uh, it'll never get funny, but it'll never get old. So Much that's like us. <laughs> that's that's most of our comedy, where it's it's just the same old shit, and it, it doesn't deteriorate, but it didn't start very high either. <laughs> <laughs> and if you enjoyed all of that inane bullshittery and gushing about child murder, then please 
you can't pay us, that's fine. What you can do, though, is you can leave a review on whatever platform you listen on, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, or if you really want to help us grow, word of mouth is the best way to do it. And if you would like to contact us directly, whether it's for a comment, question, feedback, or recommendation, then you can either tweet us at AnimeConPod on Twitter, or send an email over onto AnimeOutOfContext at gmail.com. Also, one brief thing with that, I recently learned, uh, well, we recently learned that some of the fan art has been going to the spam folder, and we only very recently discovered this, so if you've sent us fan art or an image of any sort in an email, please send it, because we love it, but unfortunately, a, a lot of it has gone to spam for some reason. I don't know why. Get I mean, it together, Google. If anything belongs in spam, it's us. Yeah. Maybe, what? that's probably why it goes oh. there. Yeah, it recognizes trash when it sees it. <laughs> that's a shame. But yeah, we love seeing that fan art. It's fantastic. And once again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. And as always, don't fuck your sister. I'll take a potato chip and eat it.